The golden rule says you should treat others the way you want to be treated. But an unfortunate truth is that idea doesn't account for the driving power of wanting to prove someone wrong or get even. Media moguls Vince McMahon and Ted Turner turned the 90s cable airwaves into an open war zone of professional wrestling with millions of fans. The global superpowers of the 20th century even threw down to be the first to send a man to the moon just as a flex. There are stories where people crash and burn in perceived mutual hatred, too. Like naturalist Charles Waterton humiliating himself trying to bring down American birding icon James Audubon. But that's the beauty of beef. It's funny, it's dark, it's humanity in a nutshell. And it's a triple gold signal award-winning show from Next Chapter Podcasts. I'm Bridget Todd. Join me as I serve up the juiciest rivalries you've never heard of. Listen to Beef wherever you get your podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's funny to me is that I knew we were going to talk about the Met Gala and we're also doing an episode <laughs> about Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> so I thought to myself, are we going to title the show The Met Gala and Rachel, <laughs> Rachel Dolezal? Dolezal. <laughs> that will confuse so many people as though Rachel Dolezal were at the Met Gala. Do you know what Rachel Dolezal would have worn to the Met Gala? Her normal thing that she wears every day. That's a <laughs> black face. Right. Yeah. She would have worn black face. That's her, that's her costume. Oh, God. Oh, Rachel, we have so much to say about you later. But first, let's talk about let's talk about it. Do you have favorites? Um, Lil Nas X. I mm. in multiple people sent it to me and were like thoughts. And I was like, this is what the Met Gala is for. Mm-hmm. That's the level of harebrained craziness I need. Yes. Like Margot Robbie, do better. Like you're beautiful. Everyone mm-hmm. loves you. You're in the Barbie movie. So everyone's like obsessed. Like, you mm-hmm. know. Like that was an Oscar look. Like you could have just worn mm-hmm. that to the Oscars. I need like I need 
craziness. I need things that you couldn't wear anywhere else. Cause if you did, people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. Um, Rihanna hype, like as always destroyed in my opinion. I so disagree. Rihanna, Rihanna looked like when you, when you put a pet in a, in a, uh, a costume and they're just so miserable in it and all you can see is their face and they want to break out. That's what Rihanna looked like to me. I was disappointed. Oh, I, but that's like what I want. Do you know what I mean? Like everything you just said to me is like a, a plus for me. <laughs> I want celebrities to look, to look like uncomfortable house pets in <laughs> yes. Halloween costumes. Uh, well, then I would, then she's definitely the winner in your category for sure. Oh, I thought, I thought she, I thought you were going to come on and agree with me. That's so funny. I, I didn't. I don't know. I just, I, yeah. She just looked this, too uncomfortable. I love the sunglasses. Well, she's like, couldn't be more pregnant if she tried. That's probably why. That's why. Why did she even go? Uh, you know what? If she it. really she can't miss it, she loves it. This is like where she, she shines. If she really wanted to turn the Met Gala out, she should have, you know, taken whatever those drugs are that induce labor and pop that Had rat out right the, on the red on carpet. The <laughs> That's fashion right there. Not what she was wearing. That's so funny. Um, but her track record is stellar with the Met Gala. So. She's royalty. Her yeah. and Blake Lively. There, there's a there's a few people that are royalty at the Met Gala. Was Blake Lively, Lively even there? No, she said that she wasn't going to go. I think she just had a child, if I'm not uh, mistaken, because huh. she put up a picture that was her like pumping. So she's oh. like, I get why. Like, I wouldn't want to go either if I was like actively pumping breast milk every two hours, right? I also <laughs> think that a breast pump would have been a great. That costume. would have been. She should have gone. Yeah. See, well, there we go. Um, you know who I thought was great, which I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I don't think it was a costume, but it was definitely sort of between costume and Oscars was Anne Hathaway, who I never normally love. And I give me Barbarella hair and I am just, it doesn't even matter what you wear. She looked fantastic. fantastic. And it was the, the Oscar, it was Oscars, but it was like enough craziness that it was mm-hmm. acceptable. Yep. I thought it was great too. She looked beautiful, by the way. And I think that, but again, I'm like, all right, but like, where's the weird thing that you're going to like jump out of when you wear this? Like, Mm -hmm. I want, I want craziness. Like, I want chaos. I'm fine with chaos. Just when there's always like a line though, for some reason, like Jared Leto, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was bad. I, I hate it. I, I couldn't, hate him. So I'm like, I can't stand I, I wanted him. to get into how clever he was, but he's not. And I, I, I couldn't. It was, he it was a Halloween have, costume. This is the thing. You either wear a furry costume and then wear a furry costume the whole time. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. Or you don't wear it. Or you wear the head and you never take it off. And no one ever knows who you are until afterwards. Thank you. If he had left it on and then posted an Insta today at lunch that that was me, then it would have been cute. But him just eh, whatever. No, that's I agree with you because yeah, the no, whatever with him because he wore the like because he wore the furry costume and then turned changed into something else. Then I'm like, well, what's the point? Just come in the thing that you came in. What was, I didn't see his second, like outfit. a black, it was cool. It was like a black outfit with like a big cape. It was good, but it's like okay. either wear that or wear the furry costume or have the furry costume like detach and have it be like half furry, half not. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was a miss. It was a swing and a miss. He should have just worn the cat head and been completely nude <laughs> yeah. otherwise. With like a little, little, little like thong bikini. Like, you know not I mean? even like, that. Just have his dick out. <laughs> I know. Well, a cat I with know a dick. That. Oh my God. <laughs> no, you wouldn't want that like the cat hair, like little thong. That would be funny. No, nah, I just would rather see oh, Jared Leto's uh, Okay, dick. We know. Okay. Anyway, moving on. 
I uh, thought speaking of the boys, I there are there, I was definitely more like a lot of my A pluses went more to men than women. I loved uh Simu Simu Lu. I loved Pedro Pascal's outfit. I lo- I love any sort of like whimsical feminine twist on a typical male ensemble. I loved Pedro Maluma. I loved uh Joseph Altazar, the designer. I don't know who he was wearing. He might have been wearing one of his own, but he had on like a florally see-through white shirt and a black suit. He looked fantastic. And Brian Tyree Henry, I thought, turned it. Did you I see him? Best dressed male, him. Yeah. I'm gonna I go. I'm gonna like, agree with you. That was it. It was like you need the like all these men you just named, great, but those were too accessible. I loved them, and I think we need to like. I love the like suit that's more. I don't know. It's very what Carl Lagerfeld would wear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so. I love that, but it's like Brian Tyree Henry really, truly was like giving us everything that we needed. Like, that's what I want. I want the drama of all that. That's a perfect outfit for me. If you're not going to be Lil Nas X and in like silver, like sequins from head to toe or Doja Cat. Did you see Doja Cat's who another person I literally cannot stand. And I always say that I always say that her nose is like, is like retouched within an inch of its life. I was like, which is like so mean, but I'm always like how many nose jobs? Like she's been nose jobbed to the hilt. Um, but she got rid of it and had like a cat nose, which was actually, I was like, okay, as much as I literally can't stand you, you look great. <laughs> Glenn Close also, did you see her outfit? Did you know what she did? She just woke up at her hotel, rolled in the bedding, <laughs> and just out walked of over to the mat. <laughs> but it doesn't even matter because it's Glenn Close. Like, <laughs> it was, it was it. my favorite moment <laughs> yeah, of the night, actually. As much as Glenn Close made me laugh the hardest, I don't think that she was the worst. Who do, who do you think was the worst dressed? I don't have anyone like on my list that I'm like, ew, this is disgusting. Wait, one more best. I love Janelle Monet. No matter what Janelle Mon- no matter what Janelle Monet does, I'm obsessed. <laughs> She's you on my it. worst list. She's on your worst list. Go, she was. A, she looked like she was wearing uh, a cone that your dog gets from the vet that someone had put cray paper on again. I, I, upside down. I, I was like, I what's going it. on? What is going on? That's why I liked it. See, I need that line though. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I just sound like an old man, but I I just was. She could do better. You know who else probably can't do better and keeps trying is Ben Platt. What I don't understand. Oh, I didn't anything. even see his thing. Hold on, let me Google it. I, I, I don't. Continue. He. I, I wouldn't even know how to describe it. I, I I'm not articulate enough to describe this. I. It was like my grandmother's. It was like my grandmother's estate wrapped around a gay man. It was doilies and pearls. It was it was a lot. Lots um, of eyeliner. I just okay. You know. If if the pants would have been fitted at the bottom, it would have been much better mm-hmm. because you can't do a cropped. Now I'm really getting into like fashion. The fact mm-hmm. that it's like the cropped. I love the idea of what he wanted to do. The cropped. Um, blazer but you need the pants to then also be fitted so that it's like this cropped like tight like matador look mm-hmm. it went from being that to then like being this thing where he's wearing like these big heeled boots and it's like one show me the boots and two i don't want these pants that are ill-fitting right now and like don't look good mm. i think it would have looked better probably at home it also would have been better <laughs> it also <laughs> would have looked he also is not if maluma wore this we would love loved it mm. 
Well, I'd love it more because, yeah, but someone else, I, I don't know. But I, you're probably, we, we'd react better to Maluma wearing, you anything. know, a napkin from Burger King. It doesn't <laughs> even matter. Literally. But I think Literally. I still would have thought, eh, you know. Another, you know who else is um, Jonathan Groff as well. It's like, you could do more. I agree. Like, you could do a lot more. I agree. So, so do it. <laughs> he wore what? He wore a black tux with Just like a, a, a pearl line like, lapel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just want crazy. I want debauchery. Like, I want people to be insane. Like, when Lady Gaga came on the one year and was, like, the camp season and just had, like, mm-hmm. six dresses on at once and just, like, mm-hmm. took 90 million years to take off all her clothes. I was like, that's this is what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Or Billy can't... Porter being carried in, like, yes. Judy Tenuta. Yeah, those yeah. are th- – that's, that's a fabulous moment. It's got to be right. Like, the moment it feels too engineered or too <sighs> – I mean, the whole thing is about being look at me, obviously, but there's just a line you cross where it's like, oh, you tried a tiny bit too hard. Then I just lose. I just lose interest. Yeah. Really. OK. And so then no- there are the people that why are they even there? Like if I was at the Met Gala and I saw Rami Malik, I, I would have handed him my empty cocktail or my coat. What was he wearing? <laughs> oh I- what was he wearing? He was dressed as a waiter. It was the strangest <laughs> thing. I need to go look now. <laughs> but it, he's not even wearing anything. <laughs> he's just wearing like some a white waistcoat and black pleated. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling right. This is like at the Hi, how of- are good evening? How are you? Here's my coat. This oh, is my like- phone's inside. Give it back to me one second. All right, thank you, dear. Thank you. Give a ticket. This is um like when you're at your friend's wedding and you take your blazer off and you're like just in your little vest in your shirt mm-hmm. like your groomsman and you like it's too hot and you're dancing and you took the I, tie and your blazer off yeah <laughs> that's like what this looks like yeah, it's like 1989 junior prom yeah. i think like you could cabarichis you could do so much more. <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe you even know what cabarichis are that's fantastic that's hilarious he yeah no like do more yeah. Did like you, you wait, 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 wait. Have we discussed Pete Davidson? No. Why? Well, you did so much more. Why? I, okay. I don't know that I'd call it research. I went to one website. <gasps> no. <laughs> he's, he's, he's literally wearing a bucket hat. I, I mean, it tracks like, but it's just ugly. Everything is ugly. It's just sort of unnecessary. He is in the category of person that's like, you need a shower. Like, no matter where, no matter, mm-hmm. like, what he wears or does. or like, If I saw a video of him taking a shower and then he caught out of it, I'd be like, you need a shower. <laughs> like, there's something about him that I, like, just think that he smells bad. That's really um, mean, but, like, it's what I feel. <laughs> with some of our veterans, too, uh, looked... Uh, f- fashion veterans. I don't believe anyone from not, the military not, was there. <laughs> right. Uh, Michelle Yeoh. I mean, Michelle Yeoh is someone who always looks wonderful and I don't get tired of her. Yeah. Love wonderful. it. Same Big. with Viola Davis. I thought she looked again, not, not terribly over the top, but just, she, she just looked like Viola Davis, which is a high compliment. Well, and here's what Viola Davis and, um, Pedro Pascal did this as well as they wore color because every single other person would just wore black and yes. white, which is like, how did more people not get up on that trend of being like, I need to wear color because every single person's going to be in black and white. Mm-hmm. They did. So I thought Viola Davis looked amazing. Um, Michelle looked stunning. JLo is a miss for me. Yeah. The, the, the weird booby, like, like, 
like I have a scarf that I tied my boobs up with top. I'm not into it all. Right. And you also, do. Oh, you're I speaking don't. as JLo. Oh, okay. I don't like because I, I do. And my breasts hate it. are absolutely lower than JLo's and she and I are the same age. I don't like it. She's beautiful. Like she's like the most beautiful person on the planet. We are aware of this. However, I thought Trust. it was just so it looks so trashy. The top of it. I don't know. Mm. Uh, it, Cardi B. I thought looked perfect. Absolutely phenomenal on the best dress list. Like that yeah. Cardi B is what the, this is about mm. the big rosettes that are like so many people wore and she wore them the best, like the, the hair, the top, like her version of what she would wear if she was Karl Lagerfeld. Like that is what this is. Yeah. She, to use the overused phrase, she understood the assignment yeah. and she, she, she and plused it. Who didn't understand it was JLo's top. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it. I just think it looks so trashy and I like it brings her down. So meanwhile, like I'm zooming in on her face and like you, you've never seen a more beautiful person. It's a, she's a wax figure. Yeah. Like it's insane. Yeah. And like her body. I mean, remember hustlers when she was like on that pole oh, she looked, and you saw like God. her like taint. Yes. Like she was like <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> like there was nothing to hide. Like you saw her like, like her like labia menorah and majora. Like well, was, ne- both. Yeah, it was when, as I'm looking at it now, it sort of looks like remember when uh, Christina Aguilera in her dirty era wore yes. was it to the MTV Awards? She just she wore like that same top that yeah. JLo wore last night. But, but like, it was like a piece of version. it was like a piece of paper. It was like <laughs> that she like wrapped around herself. It's that it's that. That's why you think it's trashy because that's um, what Christina yeah. invented that top. Yeah. During the dirty era, which is like the point of it for her to like oh, look yeah. like a two mm-hmm. piece of trash. No. Um, I mean, all in all, I will say I think successful. Whereas like uh, the past couple of years have been like, Meh. see, I thought that this year was a little bit. I thought it was a good night, but it was still it was I feel like I'm talking less about it. Like, I think when we're done talking about it here, I'm probably not You're ever going to talk about it again. Yeah. yeah. But like when they did camp a couple of years ago, I'm still talking about some of those. No, because it was they that was like a great theme. Whereas like yeah. wasn't last year like American designers like that's so broad and ridiculous. Something. Yeah. It was something like that was very broad and not. Yeah. I also thought it was real interesting that they picked Carl Lagerfeld as the uh, as the theme because he is. um like a horrific human being. So yeah, like I was surprised that they, they could yeah. pick someone else. We could you know? do a whole episode of the show just on him. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> like, he's too late to fix, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just, he's a trick. And to watch the live feed last night and everyone is praising him, I'm like, could just Google Carl Lagerfeld Lagerfeld. quotes. Yeah. What do you do? He thinks you're fat, Nicole Kidman. He thinks you're morbidly obese. That's what Carl Lagerfeld thinks. How dare we go this long and not talk about our girl, Nicole? Yeah. I mean, I thought I liked that she wore the same dress. I loved it. And she didn't really yes. do anything. And it and no. she's she's already insane. So like oh, she could wear again like a Burger King napkin and we'd be like, best dress, best dress. <laughs> like loved it. She, I mean, we love a callback of any kind. And it was the ultimate. She was like, Nicole Gibbon is such a big star that when she does a callback, it's a callback of just of herself from 25 <laughs> years ago. That is how huge she is. And she's when like, she when was when she was, except remember how wonderful I was in 1994? <laughs> I still am. And we're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, because we're all like little fucking brown nosers. Like, we, well, you know what I mean? <laughs> and when she's on the red carpet and Lala's like, what, what is it about this dress, do you think? And she just said, whimsy. I was like, oh, thank you. 
Nicole Kidman, thank you for being the Nicole Kidmaniest Nicole Kidman at the Met Gala. What do you think they served? Ozempic? Ozempic on a plate. <laughs> like, you know, like oh, Mindy ball- Kaling was there. Speaking of Ozempic. Oh, I didn't. Did she look good? Uh, you know, B minus. I didn't. It didn't move the needle either way for me. Yes, she looked good. But again, to your point about want, I mean, there was no chaos. <laughs> There wasn't any chaos in her look. Yeah, so it's gonna no. it's gonna be a no for me, dog. It was um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy Strong was there, and he's, I. It's a no. It's an. It's gonna be a no. Yeah, you, this is the thing him. about Jeremy Strong. I it, I don't care what he wears. I just I want him to just uh, beat the shit out of me and nurse me back to health. I don't know. I I love Jeremy Strong. I love Kendall Roy. And we haven't talked about this yet, but someone, did we discuss this or did someone ask us if we would fix fictional characters and if we would fix Kendall Roy? I think we just discussed famous people, but we should as like a funny trolling. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they're basically the same person because like every interview he does is like he like it's just they're both intense. Control. Yeah, yeah they're, they're both incredibly of intense control of like how they don't know who they are and like what. Yeah. So are any there are any real housewives ever invited or do they ever attend? No. Like really so. not one. Right. No. Why would they be? I, I I don't know. I don't know. Wait, I mean, did there you are, see there that Lisa? Are... Wait, did you see that Lisa Vanderpump was at the, at the correspondence dinner? Did was... you see? <laughs> yeah, with Ariana. Yeah, like why? Because that because the White House correspondence dinner is it's actually <laughs> more of a joke than the Met Gala. Somehow, yeah, it's like true. insane. Like um, if you're and never mind. No, we can't even get into it. We um, we, we we literally we can't. Can. We can't open that door. Um, I did just, however, have some sense so very early here uh, when we're shooting, when we're taping this. And I just got a flash in my head of Jill Zarin attending the, the Met Gala and being removed. That I would like to see happen. <laughs> well, she should have shown up and done a thing and been like, I'm trying to get in. Because remember when everyone said that she mm-hmm. snuck into the Vanity mm-hmm. party? Like mm-hmm. she should have. Done- That's a funny bit, in my opinion. And she like <laughs> is dressed with like a Zarin rug behind her. Like that would have been funny. <laughs> It's a black and white rug. It's a Bob, Bobby Love call Lagerfeld. Bobby Love, I'm wrapped in a call rug. It's a Chanel rug. Allie, where are my lashes? See, that would have been funny. Should I go get my coat from Rami Malik so we can start fixing a famous person? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
All right, Dominic is chomp like the definition in the dictionary of chomping at the bit is Dominic Pupa right now. This is yeah. how you were with Meghan Markle. This is li- it is literally no, the same how, exact thing. How dare you? <laughs> how like, dare you? How dare you act like this is the same thing? You are in the stratosphere already and we haven't even started. Okay, before we go any further. It's true, though. It is true. Please introduce our guest, please. Um, Our guest is the host of the podcast, Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. She is another sugar cookie in the Chelsea Devantes Celebrity Book Club book club. We met through book club. We are internet friends. We've never met in person, but I literally talk to her every single day. Again, Aaron Bagwell's been on the podcast. Julia, you're the second person to come on the podcast. Please, everyone, welcome Julia Washington. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited for today's topic. You have no idea. (laughs) So last week in the podcast, Dominic talks about how, like, coming up, we're going to eventually talk about Rachel Dolezal and, like, literally the the day that... And truly the day that the episode dropped, Julia DM'd me and was like, please do Rachel Dolezal. I cannot stand her and I really want to hear what you have to say. And I was like, do you want to be our guest? And she was like, it would be my life's honor. So she's yes, here. Obviously. Be- before we go any further, Julia, explain explain to us um, about your podcast. Like explain your podcast. Because I feel like a lot of people actually really like it that listen to us. Yeah. So pop culture makes me jealous. We analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender and sometimes both. And we evaluate all pop culture properties from like 40 years ago to present day. And we take a look at how they impact and influence our decisions, the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about culture and society as a whole, all the fun stuff. I love that. Isn't it so fun? That's Yeah. Go ahead. It's it's been a really interesting um, experience on my end because here I am coming from like oh I loved Family Ties growing up right and then now <laughs> it's like it's like all of these other conversations that are um, where my guests are realizing like oh I didn't realize that particular movie did totally influence the way I date and I thought same girl we all wish we were when Harry met Sally at some point. <laughs> I mean, but like really though, it really is. Yeah. I mean, that is like yeah. something that we don't like. TV and movies have such power and like the notoriety of fame, which we will get into in this episode does have a power over everyone. It truly does. And it's something that like a lot of people see that they can harness and then decide that they should for better or for worse. Yes. We're seeing that a lot more too, especially because like with the recent love is blind season four reunion where Zach calls out Irina for staying on the show longer than she probably should have because she was like fame hungry. So but it's it's interesting how people internalize what we see through pop culture and how that comes out externally. And it's been a it's been a lot of fun talking with my with love my is, guests about you it. Said you said the name of the shows. On. Did you say the name of the show's Love, love is Blind? Is, the Love is Blind season Lo- four, yeah. I have was, not heard of it. Mm-hmm. Chris, have we talked about that show yeah. before? No, only one million times and you refuse to know <laughs> what I'm talking about. So 
you know, it's just I'm Julia. This is what I'm dealing with every week. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma's here. Grandma just yeah, bought a television. That's basically what. The, yeah. That's the subtitle of this podcast. <laughs> he texts me. It's like Love is Blind. Are you watching? Are you watching? I'm like, no, girl. I'm watching Succession. This is like the whole world is in up. I'm like the whole world is in upheaval. Like, are you like what? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm like, of course yeah, it is. They've named Logan Roy's successor. It is you in upheaval. You didn't even text me back. Is really what happened. Because I was watching Succession. The rule is never text during Succession. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, okay, I really didn't to... text you back. I'm so sorry. No, you I'm really. Rude. No, you truly didn't. So it's fine. <laughs> god. Um. All right. So should we get? Should we should talk today it's about time. what we're doing today? Who the yeah. topic is today? Dominic, you go ahead. Here's what I want to say about today's client. She is the American dream. She is <laughs> the American nightmare. She is pop culture royalty, and she is polarizing as all get out. We are speaking, of course, of Rachel Ann Dolajol, because that is how it's pronounced. It is Dolajol. Put respect on the name, at least just on the name. If not the person, <laughs> and not the human being. That's horrible. <laughs> what to say about Rachel Dolezal that we don't already know? The long and the short of it is that Rachel Dolezal is a Caucasian woman. Those are my glasses. Rachel Dolezal is a Caucasian woman who, for a period of time in her life, pretended to be an African. American woman. She didn't just pretend to be an African American woman. She was pretending to be an African American woman while also being a chapter president of the Spokane uh, installment of the NAACP. You heard that right. The NAACP. If you if you haven't seen this video yet of Rachel Dolezal being questioned by a Spokane reporter, a local reporter in June of 2015, she is going on about something else. And all the reporter wants to know is ask her if she is actually African-American. Isn't she, in fact, Caucasian? And she draws a blank is the best way I can describe <laughs> yeah, it and turns yeah. around yeah. and walks off. And what follows can be described only as an international maelstrom where we're just talking about race and someone's introducing the term someone meaning Rachel is saying that she is transracial and we're going oh shit oh no 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 here we go here we go here we go but she didn't stop she just kept moving forward obviously didn't return to the NAACP but definitely became cultural touchstone of sorts love or hate her everyone knows who she is julia i couldn't really get a read on your face when i first said the name rachel dolezal mm -hmm. what is your immediate reaction when you hear her name at all is it laughter is it a groan is it this fucking bitch we are still talking about her it's a combination of a groan and this fucking bitch <laughs> please tell me why oh because okay so <clears throat> I am a light-skinned black woman. 
I also have a black father. So when I saw that original interview and they're like, here's a picture of your dad, your dad, your dad, your dad, my dad's black. And I'm looking at her watching this interview thinking, I no, just no, you're stealing it from me. You're stealing it from me. You're taking away like the complication of being a biracial person in the United States of America, which is a complicated, emotionally charged thing, right? And so every time anybody brings her up, I'm always just like, I, like Meghan Markle, I need her to stop ta- talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I will say that like Julie and I both said we're going to brush up on the Netflix documentary called The Rachel Divide um, before doing this. Because again, it was like, what? this That was filmed in like 2015, I think. Like they're literally yeah, like, but I think it they're was talking after, later. After. Yeah, this was, this was like 2019, I, I believe, 2019, 2020. Oh, I, I don't know. God, no. I think it was released in I like don't think 20... it was that late. I think it was... No, because I think it like, was filmed in 2016 and released in 2018. The because like late? in the in the documentary, she's pregnant in it. And in the 20 in the documentary, she's like watching the 2016 election happen, and like tr- right. quite literally, at when I was watching it today, I was like, "Oh, like what a simpler time! <laughs> like is that bad that I was like looking back on like the 2016 election and being like, this was like literally a beautiful time compared to what we're living in right now." <laughs> Honestly, though. <laughs> And like, I wish I was joking uh, at all when I say that. <laughs> prior to November, yeah, it was a simpler, a fucked up but simpler time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was letting it wash all over me. I don't know what it was, but, and I was also thinking, like, I wonder what the 2023 version of this movie, like, it could, it could use a, it could have used a refresh. And I feel like we're such a different world now than we were back then, and it's very interesting to see it, to watch it back. But Julia, continue, but I th- I want to frame it in the thing of like, we just came back off of that movie. Yeah, it was actually interesting to watch it now in 2023 compared to pre-2016 because, because she's saying a lot of things now because within the last, I want to say, four years, there's been more conversation online about being biracial and what that looks like and just how there's a lot of gatekeeping when it comes to being biracial, regardless of what your um, mix is. And so some of the rhetoric she says in a lot of her interviews since the, you know, infamous video of her, like not answering the question, she says a lot of the same stuff that the biracial community says. So this time watching it, I was like, Ooh, I really don't like you because it is really hard being mixed in America. I like to equate it as a mind fuck, especially when you are a little bit lighter, especially Mm -hmm. when like you don't look like either one of your parents. This woman clearly looks like her mother. She looks exactly exactly like like her mother. Her mother. Yeah. So like for her to be like, I identify as cool. Great. Be like Macklemore. Be like Eminem. Just be steal like the culture Macklemore. and get Emmy Grammys oh for it. God. Like, do not pretend. <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it is that the advice already is be like Macklemore. <laughs> no one's ever said that. Oh, oh man. That's probably the worst thing you could say about her, Julia. I don't know. No one would insult her worse than that. I am fucking dead. (laughs) When I saw her in that interview, the local news interview, and she just got that look 
on her face when she was like, fuck, it was, it was my nightmare. And, and I would think the nightmare of anyone who's ever kept a secret, a big one from people for a long time to see that look on someone's face that they know their entire life is about to change, not just because of the lie, but because the lie was busted on camera, which made all the difference in the world. I mean, this woman, I mean, she must like all the shit that she made people believe. She told people that she had lived in a teepee and that her family hunted food with bow and arrow. This woman got Wait, to rise. What? Yes. Yes. Wait, yes. I yes. have no, I did not know about this at all. Oh, please. Uh, it, 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 yeah. There are details about this, even on the Wikipedia page about her, where not only did she said she lived in a teepee, but she's she's told stories about her family being uh, uh, using lima beans as chess pieces uh, in a game, like using beans. It's because they like, had no because they were like living off of the earth or because that's what she thought people in a teepee did. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> There's so many, she's always going to be more questions than answers for sure. But I was to, <laughs> to go through all of this, really, I mean, to really go through this lie after lie after lie and to be busted and to her, she must think to herself, I pulled off what can only be described as like one of the great, con jobs of the 21st century and i got busted by local news yeah so literally in washington. washington what the fuck did i do this i've come this far for this to end like this in spokane <laughs> local are they even a network affiliate i mean what happened here well that's what's funny is it's not even that it's like ronan Farrow's like taking her down like this is like it's literally like a local news reporter that's in like minute two of the documentary and he's a fucking idiot and he and he literally destroyed her with one question <laughs> one question yeah like, are you are you white and like literally her entire world just crumbles around her <laughs> What was your strategy in getting her to admit her wrong? Well, I just asked her what her fucking race was. That was it. <laughs> it was, it was, she left. yeah. Well, that's the thing that's like funny is that she didn't even say, no, I'm black. Like she didn't even lie right. and then get caught in the lie. She just stopped speaking. Do you know what I mean? Like that is what's crazy. Yeah. And it really is like truly like what you were saying, Dom, that, that's like, she just gets wrecked so quickly. And the other thing is like, she tried though. She, she, you, she tried like the first time he was doing it. She gave that sort of inquisitive face. Like, I, I don't know what you mean. And then he was like, this is what I mean. And she said, thank you. Good night. And just <laughs> yeah. turned on heels and bolted. <laughs> and that face gives me nightmares. I'm telling you that the look on her face when she's busted pure fear. Is it's like, pure fear. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like that's the face every time I, I send an email to the wrong person, every time I'm caught in a lie that I told when I was drunk. I mean, it's just like it's but much more severe. And taking away the job from like it's much like we were talking about with Hilaria Baldwin is like sure, like LOL, this is fucking ridiculous, whatever. But then the minute that she's like on the cover of these magazines that are like celebrating like Latin people. And like when, as she's filling a, a space where like, it really should be someone that's not white. Like that's when it becomes a huge, like a much bigger problem. Yeah. Do you guys, I mean, did they, I can't remember. Did they touch on the Howard lawsuit in the documentary? 
They, where I got to, they're like, someone was tweeting, like, remember when she sued Howard? Yeah. They touch on it, but I don't think they really explain the entire thing. So, like, what can do you know the facts, Julia? Just just a smidge. She sues them for discrimination because, she, in her words, she's saying that they took away her funding because she probably has white family who can support her. I don't know if that's how Howard would have said it. I don't. That doesn't sound like a statement Howard would make to me, from what I know about Howard University. But so then she turns around and sues them for discrimination, and it's like, ma'am, you went to a historical black college and and you're mad because they want black people there yeah <laughs> when you claim to be black <laughs> you know she would just look at them blindly and no, say like the same. yes that's correct yes well that's that's the, that's the thing for me where she's like i like i forget she was on a melissa harris perry interviewed here whom i love and melissa harris perry has a white mom also and she flat out was like would you be mad if somebody if if you saw somebody do it? She, absolutely i would be mad what like you admit that you would be mad if somebody is exposed for doing this but you're being exposed for doing this <laughs> Because in the documentary, we hear that, like, she's born to two white parents. They're very religious. They then, like, are mm -hmm. called – and again, this I'm getting this all from the documentary on Netflix. Like, they then, like – what was it? Like, they feel called by God to, like, adopt children and to, like, mm -hmm. help children adopt in need, children right? children to save them from abortion is how she stated it. To Dear. adopt children to save them from abortion. Which doesn't That's make sense. Does it? Phrased, so. But does that make sense if they already are alive? Uh, right. <laughs> is that not what it was then, no. I guess, maybe? Like, maybe right. they weren't. But like... it doesn't make That's weird. But... Which is controversial in and of itself anyway, because they're yeah. all African-American, those kids, that they adopted. Like, every Correct. every one of them. Correct. And so, basically. Because I guess white mm -hmm. women don't have abortions or their kids don't need to be saved from it. Troubling like, question, Mark. And mm -hmm. so they mm -hmm. go, like, sh they then get these four kids. It's four, right? It's yeah. four, her, yeah. Three are African-American and one is Haitian. She, uh, the parents adopt four kids that are not the same skin color as Rachel. And, like, it, when you do hear the story, I am like, oh, I do understand a weird, like, weirdly in my brain, I'm like, I get if she thinks, okay, how do I relate to my siblings that I clearly, there's such a like divide between us age wise. They're racially different. Like there's a weird thing in my mind where like, although I don't think agree with it or think it makes sense. Like I see the path of her then becoming who she is today. Mm -hmm. Does that, is that weird? I don't know. Like mm -hmm. I see where it's stemming from, but it's just no, sad it because it's because, like to Dom's point earlier, you know, that's a missed opportunity to be a really good ally because you don't have to adopt the you don't have to do that kind of adoption when it comes to cultural appropriation or what have you you can still be the voice of the bridge between who you claim to be abusive parents and your adopted siblings for there to be harmony in the family like you don't have to just be like all right i'm black now so you don't get it we're out bye which i yeah. don't know if that's how that happened because three of the kids accuse of abuse and the one's vocal and says that they're not and the other two the older son their oldest bio son has a whole slew of issues. And then there's one child mm -hmm. that I don't, I couldn't find anything on. Yeah. So they basically claim that the parents were abusive to the four adopted kids. They all, Rachel basically like saves them from the parents. And mm -hmm. she then also like they do in the documentary, try to blame 
the like the whole like let's take Rachel Dolezal down like uh, like local seven news guy coming from like the lawsuit <laughs> that they the like that basically they were in a custody battle with right. the parents and and the right. parents used that to try to take her down which like even if that is true like you wouldn't have there would be nothing to take you down with if you weren't pretending to be black and literally living in brown face at the very minimum and like wearing wigs that you right. don't need to wear and like doing all this stuff you could have just been a white woman that like and again like listening to her story for two seconds you're like oh my god i completely understand why you would want to be affiliated with the naacp in your town because you're basically raising four black children yourself right right i don't know <laughs> right yeah because then it- it's, it's again, it's that allyship. It's that getting understanding and helping your kids grow up and understand their culture and where they came from and just the cultural significance of being black in America and all those things. Which again, you don't be, have to pretend. Right. Be very fulfilling. You can support your gay children without being gay. You can do all sorts of things to people to be kind to them without trying to be who they are. Yeah. Yeah, It's just, it was like method allyship where you have to just like be the thing that you're, be the people you're trying to help. She's Daniel Day Lewis. She's She's Jeremy Strong, basically. That's what she's doing. And she doesn't stop, honey. She does even still like it is like a Roy Cohn, Donald Trump, Lisa Rinna level of persistence where it's just like all evidence to the contrary. I am a black woman. I am transracial. I am still going to go outside with 40 inch braids or dress. Like it's not she has not pulled back at all. At all. No. I, I don't. You know, that line between admirable and psychotic i think i she hasn't killed anyone that we know of so that's why i tried not to be too severe with her are there people of color that you know because i know the answer to this with with my friends uh who are black there are some of them who think it's she's hilarious or ridiculous or just stupid but i have other friends who definitely do not think anything about this is stupid. They think it's endemic of larger issues that we have where people think they can move in and out of race and appropriate. Is it possible for a person of color to forgive Rachel Dolezal? I I think it depends on where they are in their own racial identity. Mm -hmm. Because like for for me and the unit of family that I have, we're all just kind of like, girl, you're making our lives harder. Stop it. Mm -hmm. But for other people, like the guy in the documentary that Chris brought up earlier, where he was like, internally, I feel like a, a white woman. And that statement kind of gave me pause because there's this whole conversation about proximity to whiteness and colorism is a huge thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. the lighter you are and the, all these things and the more access and the resources and all these things that come with that. And so, you know, for me, I'm just like, you, you, I'm a little bit of both. There's some comedic stuff about her, but then there's some stuff where I'm just like, you're, you don't understand the harm that you're actually doing to your children. And you don't understand the harm that you're doing to, to the greater community. Now you sure you were great. You did all these amazing things in the five years before you were exposed. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Good job. But you did them in blackface. But you did yeah. them in blackface. <laughs> right, so bad. I don't mean to laugh, but it's funny. <laughs> and well, because it's weird. It's like it's thank true. you for the president of the NAACP, <laughs> who's lit, who's literally in blackface. Exactly. I mean, it's 
Yes. It's still eight years later, this story, I think about it and I'm like, I, I just don't. I don't know. It's like Joel Osteen being the president of Glad. It is finding out that the head of the NAACP is just someone wearing blackface is literally like Joel Osteen assuming the presidency of Glad. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous story. It is. And it wouldn't be, I think it wouldn't still be something we're talking about if she wasn't still actively pursuing, like promoting her book. Mm. Like, I, I think you're the right. The book that at the end of the Netflix stock that said only sold 596 copies on the day of its release. Like she's still pounding the pavement saying, buy my book, something about living in color. I don't remember what it's called. And it's just like, ma'am, no, like, well, you yeah, I mean, that's, we want people to understand you. She's well, determined and she won't, she won't stop. And they discuss it in the documentary too. She's like, I need to make money, honey. Like I got to do whatever she does her art. And she does this book. I, I refuse to speak about her being on OnlyFans because I think it is absolutely <laughs> obscene. It's beyond pop culture. It's like beyond a Trump presidency. I don't understand how I can say the sentence. Rachel Dolezal has an OnlyFans account. I my I can't process. Dominic, the she has to make money somehow. What is she going to do? I just don't understand. Just write the book. Yeah, but no one wants to read it. This okay. So here's my biggest problem with her, and I I kind of tease this at the beginning is that like. She could just be like, okay, I'm going to shut the fuck up and stop like wearing blackface every day. And like, instead I'm going to just like do what I was doing before and like trying to like champion for the black community and just like go away from being like an infamous celebrity now. But like, that's not the point of this. She loves that everyone hates her and she can say that she doesn't. And it is probably really hard because in the documentary a lot, they're like, you see people being like, aren't you Rachel Dolezal? And she's like, yes. And like, she clearly does. It's like nervous. And like, there was a guy like, like she does have people harass her all the time, which I do think is hard and i bet sucks mm-hmm. but you think she likes that everyone but hates her. this is it's not even that it's not even i don't think that she likes that everyone hates her she can't now that she got a taste of fame she loves it she can't just like mm-hmm. erase her identity of who infamy you know yeah. her as and her infamy she loves that she can go on the today show get in, interviewed by like one of the co-hosts of the today show and talk about her book she loves that like she can go on any radio show that will have her because every who would ever turn down her to be on their radio show like mm-hmm. she like she acts like she could just be, do, have a normal job and change her name and all this could go away but she doubles and triples and quadruples down on it over and over and over I and mean, over again I, I, pl- I need to take issue a little bit i mean like she can just go have a normal job and go i mean if if she no, if rachel dolezal was your cashier up. at target but I if, mean, what you're actually going <laughs> to scan and not take a selfie with her and just let but her live she, her if very she took white off life. Her, if she took off her wigs and she didn't do her like bronzer or do her spray tans or tanning, whatever she does to her skin, she what you would say that woman kind of looks like Rachel Dolezal if she was white. Ha ha. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Julia, Julia agrees. See, like she loves the fame of it. I totally like she, agree. You don't have to go on the Today Show. I agree because when you look at pictures of her before she started doing blackface, she does look like a different person. I don't think anyone would recognize her if she just let her hair go back to being natural and stop doing whatever she's doing to her skin. 
And just like do different makeup. Like, I don't know. Like there's way people can turn into like any Disney princess they want with contouring. Like she can look like a different person. I'm sorry. It's 2023. It's like, mm-hmm. but I, she... what I am saying is that she loves, she can't be anyone, but like who we know her to be now is my point. Yeah, now yeah. she can't. No, because she spent enough years even, she did not retreat. She did the opposite. And then she has she has no alternative but to be Rachel Dolezal for the rest of her life. Although she's really no longer going by Rachel Dolezal. Uh, she goes by the name, I don't know how to say her first name, is N-K-E-C-H-I Amare Diallo. Excuse At the me. end of the documentary, that's what she changes it to. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That is the end of the yeah. doc where she does that. That's, so I'll tell you, that's even point. worse. That's even worse. Like, that's even worse. Yeah. Dear God. Does she really go by that? Like, because there's no way. Right? No, her Instagram handle is Rachel Dolezal. So that's what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck? She Again, can't get away from it. No, she's, she's doing tried it. to do what you're asking, although as a black person instead of a white person. Yeah. She's tried to just take a different blacker name and live a private life, but the world just won't let her. Instagram just won't let her change that name. That must be the reason that she's still known as Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> yeah, it's not because she has a bajillion followers as Rachel Dolezal and like... Again, she's like dining. The thing that sucks too is that like everything she does now, it's like she writes a book. It's not like a book about like, here's the story of like my, like the four siblings, like my four siblings that I had to like, like it's about her being her identity. It's about her identity, her identity, her identity. It's not about her children. And that's what's funny is like when you watch a documentary, they interview her kids and the kids are like, I wish she would just stop doing this. Like they say like, I don't like this. Like this sucks. Like it's really bad. And like she never takes any ownership of like the hurt that she causes like all of her family members right because her oldest son had to go out of the country to go to law school because he was he like this the controversy around her was like getting in the way of him actually like achieving education here and that's what i mean by like girl you're hurting your kids yeah you're not helping them at this point you're hurting them i don't think at her core that she's an evil person i don't but I yeah. think that she caught a taste of the limelight and it fucking felt great, even if she was a villain amongst everyone in the world. And I think that, like, it's just that thing of, like, it's the same thing as like, a reality star that get, that comes on and is a reality star for five minutes. And then they think that they're going to be a reality star for the rest of their lives. Do you know what I mean? And they get a taste mm-hmm. of being on reality TV. Mm-hmm. And they're like, now I just, this is my job now. And it's like, you were a lawyer like five minutes ago. Like what? And they're like, no, I'm just a re- like, I'm going to do this. Cause it's so much easier just being myself and getting paid for it than like actually having a real job. And that's <laughs> what she did. Like, right. Yeah. Am I wrong? Look, life is hard. We all want to be in some way. We all want to be someone we're not. We all want to be this sort of fantasy version of ourselves and some people are so stubborn that they just don't they they cannot listen to reason you know when i say to my husband do i look fat in this and he says you know a little bit of course i'm furious (laughs) at him for a second but then i'm like you're right i'm i'm overweight and i i look fat in this but at a certain point rachel should have looked at someone and said do i look black in this and they should have said girl (laughs) no (laughs) no you do not look black in anything a wig bronzer no 
That's my favorite part about that Spokane reporter where he's like interviewing her and he's just like, he's so clearly in his head knows he's speaking to someone Caucasian (laughs) and doesn't understand the word salad that's coming from her. Like, how are you doing this? How did everyone fall for this? Like, this is ridiculous. And it's sad because, like, there were those other people in the documentary that are, like, her, like, other members of the NAACP chapter. And they're, like, we always kind of, like, knew, like, we knew something was weird. We didn't know what it was. But, like, we kind of, like, had our antennas up about her. And they said, like, and not for nothing, like, she rose because of the colorism, like, in the community. Like, she Mm -hmm. rose to, like, the president because she was light-skinned, quote-unquote. You know, if we're going to assume that she's a black person, she is a light skinned person. And like there was people that were definitely darker skinned people that were being interviewed that were like, we never trusted her. And like, look, I did. I was saying the same things that she was and she was getting all the notoriety for it. And I was nothing. She's taking a job again, taking a job away from someone that's like more qualified, deserves it just as much as she does. And she's using this grift to like, in theory, make money. It, well, and then the influence that she has too over education. And in I, I, one of the interviews I watched, she was talking about, she's like, would a black woman be the leader of, and then she listed all of these things that she started an African-American studies class and, you know, other black centered things. And I'm sitting over here like, yeah, girl, like, have you looked at the DEI boards? It's all white people. Like, <laughs> calm down with your, like, I had to pretend to be black to actually make a difference because whether or not it's okay for DEI boards to be all white, that's not my commentary. My commentary is, is you're so delusional in how you felt like you needed to help the community. And it's so sad to me because she doesn't, she, she knows to call it out in other people, but not in herself. It's a terrible story, but it's a classic tale of a white woman centering herself into black issues. Yes. We all know it. We all hate it. (laughs) It really um, is nothing more than that, actually. Like that that's the whole story right there. Yeah. But because it's sad we have that it's visual. taken us th- it's sad that it's taken <laughs> us 30 some minutes to get to that as being the thesis <laughs> of this. But that really is the whole story. The only difference with her is that well, there are several differences. The the differences are it, she got busted on television. That's the that's maybe the biggest part of all this because there have been many other Rachel Dolezal's since and there will be in the future largely educators i might add of african-american studies or Mm -hmm. cultural studies who have pretending who are pretending to be (laughs) literally anything but caucasian they just don't it's it's just a risk they're not willing to take being white (laughs) is too risky for these people in their careers said no one ever it's just so bizarre it's so bizarre not for nothing remember the very beginning of the documentary is like they like the reason that the guy started interviewing her was because someone had sent a letter to the NAACP like that was like a hate crime like a hate mail letter being Mm -hmm. like I want to kill everyone or something like I don't know what it said but like basically like mailing like hate mail to the NAACP chapter and then whenever they go and confront her they're like you're one of the only two people that had the the key to this like <laughs> mailbox and this letter didn't go through the US Postal Service so like someone that had a key to it put it in the thing or it was like someone at the post office that did it which like we would not assume so like not like allegedly <laughs> allegedly no this has not been proven but like they allege the the reporter was alleging right. that Rachel was the person that put the letter in there in the first place that was marked to herself. 
that reporter's name, by the way, is we should name him. His name is uh, Jeff Humphrey, who is doing the Lord's work. Rachel Dolezal (laughs) is this century's Watergate, and Jeff Humphrey should be given every prize. Literally every prize. (laughs) The Peabody, the Pulitzer, (laughs) a Golden Globe. Yeah, a a BAFTA, a SAG Award. Oh my God. Do we think that she like d- so badly hate, hated her parents that she like by doing all of this stuff to herself and changing who she was, she would like, like her race is now tainted by how horrible her parents were to her siblings. And now she wants to ad- like, mm. she needs to reject that by being closer to the, looking like her siblings than looking like her parents. That is, yeah, that is is that really is that too deep for this podcast? But do you know what no, I mean? Like, I mean like, that is like that is some straight up SVU shit right there. Like yeah. I would not even. But yeah, I mean I don't of, know. It kind of like explains all everything. Something something is askew with her. There's not it, something happened to her to make her want to be the member of number i then it's it's not a coincidence that her white parents adopted uh black children and that rachel then said that she was what she terms transracial like something happened between the parents who there are allegations of abuse at least from rachel i don't know about no the kids the 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 kids do as well siblings i can't remember they're like, here's a scar I have from being like whipped by my parents. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, yeah. it was bad. Like allegedly, but like they allege that it was really bad. Yeah. I also will say that it was sort of when her parents turned on her publicly, there was, there was a coldness to it where it was almost like they knew this was going to destroy her. And they were so nonchalant about it like they just didn't give a shit so if we're you know we're tv producers we're sort of you know i don't say trained but for a living you sort of read people you Mm -hmm. i I just like they don't like her and didn't before i don't know what the dynamic is if she accused them of abuse and had no problem going on national television to drag their daughter's name like knowing over and over and over and over again (laughs) to your going on national television let's just say international television jeff humphrey again who knew spokane who knew they're playing this interview in afghanistan for centuries to come they'll be looking at jeff humphrey's work I feel like her parents have big time colonizer vibes for me. Like the way that they are so like, look at how amazing we are because we adopted these four black children out of, I don't know, poverty or whatever they thought they were saving them from, you know? No one remember they were like saying in the documentary that they were like in like a religious cult basically. Yeah. Like the Holy Spirit is like what brought them to like bring, adopt these children. Right. Like that Mm -hmm. was like what they basically said. That's like mission trip vibes, right? Yeah, no, Where you're like, yes. you have to go and save all of these continent, you know, the countries in Africa from their whatever the language is. I'm not going to say it because I have religious trauma, but it's fine. Yeah. No, it's like, it's 
which we're laughing at. I, it's no, it's just horrible, <laughs> but it is funny. Religious <laughs> trauma, go on. <laughs> we all have it, don't we? Um, Who doesn't really? We're powered by it. Gee, like we're, all, we're always powered by it. All right, should we go to the pitches? I think so. Would you, as always, like to go first? I guess. Okay, I did not have a pitch going into this. I always go first, so I will continue to go first. I don't even know what my pitch is. <laughs> There's one that I have. Like I truly don't know because it's so hard. This is hard. This is a hard one. It's not for Dominic. I know he's gonna. This is what Dominic's gonna say. Dominic's gonna have is gonna have her go balls to the fucking walls and do something crazy and like be a different race and just triple down on it. Hundred percent. That's what it's gonna be. I do. I I think they should cast her in the Viola Davis story and shoot it while Viola Davis is alive. That's my pitch. Is it really your pitch? No. (laughs) But I wish it was. Um, I want her to do. Okay. She's never going to, she's never going to stop. I can't have her say like, oh, I'm white now. Like I'm going to be white. Like she, it's not, we're not, we're, we're past that. She needs to do, it could be a podcast. It could be like a YouTube live. Like it it needs to be something that she's going to do herself because no one's going to give her the money to do this. She could do a podcast where she just reads the worst tweets about her. And the worst things, like every every week, she just goes on her social medias and just reads like the horrible things that people say about her. And she needs she would reframe it as being and like not. You did bring up Monica Lewinsky earlier in the thing, and Monica Lewinsky had like reframed her career into being like we are publicly shaming people, and like that's not fun, and it's not good, and it's not a good thing. She can follow that route of like, okay, because I'm like quote unquote speaking my truth here's all the horrible things that people said to me on the internet and like, just go through and like talk to other people where like there's horribly named, like just people that are getting, get bullied on the internet all the time and just read through all of the, all of the bad tweets, all of the like Instagram comments. She, she went through it in the documentary a lot where she basically showed like all these horrible comments that people would write about stuff and Mm -hmm. just like, do that every week and just like live in that where she's just like, look, this is how horrible, like turn the mirror on us and be like, yes, we all hate you. But like, I'm like, this is what I read every single day about myself. So every time you say something like basically like this whole podcast where we're like, she's a stupid idiot. Like we've (laughs) now just beat up on her for an hour and everyone in the fucking world is doing the exact same thing. And like Mm -hmm. turn the mirror back on us and be like, why are you, why do you think this is funny? I might have just brought the whole podcast down, but like, no, that's no. what I want her. That's what I want her bitch. <laughs> I want her pitch to turn it back on the people that are like freaking out at her and just kind of be like, you can also like just do good instead. Not that I almost disagree. Not that I agree with that, that she shouldn't be held accountable, but like turning the mirror on the people that sure give her death threats and are really, really super mean to her in the comments of things. Yeah. And she could easily do that. And that's a very, I've, it's it, in its own way. It's, it it's redemptive. Your pitches yeah. are all you know. I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of yours, Chris. I am always a fan of your pitches. They are always reasonable. My pitch today can be summed up in two words. Uh oh, R- rap album. <laughs> oh my! <God>. <laughs> <laughs> she could partner with Malcolm. No, you win. You win. I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> We love a callback on fixing famous people. We love a callback. Julia, you win. That was it. 
<laughs> now, in, fa- in fairness, I the rap album was a joke. That is not my pitch. I have, a, I have an actual pitch. I do not. I think her doing a rap album would somehow cause harm because people are not. People only know how to express their opinions with physical violence these days. So I it, that sort of informs what I think she should actually do. Maybe my most reasonable pitch ever on this uh, podcast, but these, you know, these silent retreats that Jared Leto and all of his friends go on for like weeks or months, she needs to literally, I'm I'm so sorry, listeners, she needs to literally go (laughs) to Tibet. She needs to go to Tibet and not speak for one full year. And I that is my serious pitch. Oh my she needs. It's so good. That's better Look, than the rap she, album. And I just... She needs to not speak for a year. She just needs to be, I, I, you know what? She has a baby. That's the, she's got two young children actually. So I, I don't want to fuck their childhoods up any more than they're being fucked up, but she needs to take an extension extended period of silence in the hopes of seeing herself somewhere in there for the first time. I do think that she is not an evil hearted person. I mean, you you can't cause the type of damage that she's causing or the type of discussions and still move forward with it. If you're able to understand who you are. I don't think therapy is going to do it. I think she knows and has been surrounded by enough black people in her life that she doesn't need an education about what their experience has been because she's trying to force herself into that experience. She needs to just be reflective. It's the only way she moves forward because that's the key is her admitting to herself what she is and then to other people. Otherwise, she's never going to. I don't think she can do this, by the way. I'm pitching something as like a last resort, but she just like just Uh, the best thing she ever did was in front of Jeff Humphrey, closing her mouth, turning around and walk away. She should have gone to Tibet then. And then this all of this would have gone away. We would have maybe forgiven her. How is she? Is she like Instagram living? during this silent time where she just stares at the, like, how do we know that? Like, does this help? How does this help? Like the public, like, you know what I'm saying? Really unexpected. Like, how do we prove that? This how is do we know doing? that she's doing like, like how does we'll, she, we'll put a nest cam in front of her crest. We'll put a nest cam in the monastery <laughs> and make sure that she's silent for the entire <laughs> year. How does the public know that she's doing this? Like the point of this, like, remember that like, this is to like garner favor with the, the society. So like, is, is there a New York post article saying that she's going to do this or. No, the part of it is she's not going to tell anybody. Part of it is she's oh. just going to do it with, this is the thing. She has to live without fanfare. That is God. That sounds horrible. Doesn't it? She's yeah, got what to a live without. <laughs> She has to live without fanfare. She's got to leave. And then, you know, people, someone will say, oh, she's missing. You know, where is she? Let's do a check. And maybe her close friends or whoever's raising her children in her absence can just say, she's fine. We're in touch with her all the time. No one. She's just taking a break from from public life. She's got to pull a Richard Simmons, basically, except we want Richard Simmons back. 
We do. We do want him back. He doesn't want to be back, though. Okay. I know, but Sweat into the Oldies was so good. Just one more appearance is all I want from him. A just farewell one. tour. He should be doing a farewell. He should just do one one lap around the globe and then be just done forever. Mm-hmm. And we'd all go. Like, if we knew it was the last time, like, every single one of us would buy a ticket. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Okay, Julia, you have two okay, pitches. Okay, you guys. And if you have one of your own, you, by the way. You, yeah, here's what also, I think. Throw, your zone, throw your own in also. You know that you can do that. Yes, but here's what I think. I think it needs to be a combination of both of yours. She takes a year off to do the self-reflection and to really think and to not post on Instagram and to not promote her book and all of the things. And then she comes back and does a podcast because she's realized the mis- the errors of her ways. And then she can talk about it and do an apology through her podcast. I or will- maybe not an apology. She doesn't have to apologize. She just needs to acknowledge the harm that's happening. By the way. I'm nervous that she's never going to do it. Chris is just furious. Chris is just furious that you didn't just say Chris's idea. No, I almost, I almost want to concede. No, I almost want to concede. I don't want to do another tiebreaker. I feel like a tiebreaker needs to be few and far between. And I almost want to changing my pitch to rap album. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, so we'll give it to Dominic because she actually already does have a podcast. Oh, does she really? Wait, what? She has a podcast and we didn't even talk about that in any of this? I just, I haven't listened to it because I don't know if I want to contribute to download. What on earth is she saying on it? Why would she even... I'm trying to remember Dominic what the title is. Dominic is out the door in two I am seconds. Bombed. He is gone. He is gone. He is I gone. I don't care. He is literally driving across the country just on on red eye coffees, listening to this. <laughs> like tomorrow. I don't care if the name of this fucking podcast is "Fixing Gay People." I am subscribing. <laughs> How did we not know this? It's Wait, called what is it? Peripheries. It's Peripheries podcast. Oh, God. Rachel, come on. Pass. There's wow. a $50 tier on her podcast where if you pay that, she will call you once a week. She'll FaceTime you and act out a scene from Waiting to Exhale. You get to name the character. <laughs> She'll do it. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. Okay. Dominic has to win. Dominic wins. Dominic wins. Dominic has to win because she already has a podcast. Yeah. Woo! I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Dominic gets a win, a much deserved win. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, anytime I, I mean, you put a bet into a pitch. Yeah. It's, no, it's that's, winner. yeah, it's a winner. It's you a, can't that's turn a down to bet. You can't yeah, ever no. turn down to bet. Julia, thank you so much for unpacking <laughs> this with us. <laughs> thank you for having me. I had a good time. Um, you are wonderful. Can- Will you please come back? It's so great to meet you. And I can't wait to listen to your podcast. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you. Yes, of course. I'd love to come back. Um, tell everyone again about the podcast and where they can find you. Yes, the, po- the podcast is called Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. We analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender and sometimes both. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok, assuming a TikTok still exists in a couple of months. Um, the Julia Washington, T-H-E, Julia Washington. Dominic, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the socials at Dominic Puba or at my website, Dominterry.com, where you will also find a link to buy tickets to my show at The Cutting Room here in New York City in June. And Chris, where can we find you? 
Everyone buy tickets to Dominic's show, P.S. And please, everyone, go follow Julia's podcast. You can find me at The Krista Rosa. Please rate and review the show. And please write in your review who you want us to fix next. And obviously, where's Shelly? Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.